Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful right now for all your pop culture horror needs. They have everything from interviews to reviews, retrospectives, introspectives, top ten lists, everything. They also have a wonderful selection of other podcasts to listen to, and it is growing seemingly by the day, which is fantastic. So if you love people talking about movies and different aspects of horror movies, definitely check out what's going on there. Whole slew of them. I highly recommend every single one of them. And I would also like to thank Talia for this week's idea for the episode. She messaged me on Facebook through the Facebook page at Horror Shots and suggested I look into a very weird and bizarre unsolved crime from 1966. This is the Lead Masks case. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Back in 1966, something really, really strange occurred in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I mean, something really, really strange. And I don't mean the Brazilian soccer team not winning the World Cup. Hell, even weirder than that, but still not as weird as the case, is that England won the World Cup that year. Strange. I'm talking about a murder case with such a strange aura surrounding it that it had people both baffled and mystified. It's a case involving two healthy, fairly well-to-do men found dead in a wooded and grassy area. Now, that in and of itself isn't all that strange, but the fact that nobody, even still, knows whether this was suicide, murder, or murder-suicide leads it to be unique. But the fact that they were also found, both of them, to be wearing lead masks leads this case to be a very weird one indeed. On this show, I've covered a lot of strange happenings, from supernatural to myths and legends to true crime. And if truth be told, I'm not 100% sure where to drop this case among those. There are definitely some culty vibes with this, but there's also an air of ritual or self-sacrifice for any number of reasons. Some people believe it was actually caused by aliens or demons, but I'll get into that in a little bit. First, let's look at who the two men in question were. Miguel José Viana and Manuel Pereira de Cruz were humble electronics repairmen from Campos de Guaitzatzes. I totally butchered that. I'm very sorry if anybody's from there. They left the town on August 17th, 1966, saying they needed to get some supplies and a car. But what their journey entailed is still a bit of a mystery. Along their trip, they did make a stop at a bar to pick up some bottled water. That was the last time they were seen before being found dead. The bartender working that shift noted that one of the men, Miguel in particular, appeared to be in a bit of a hurry and was checking his watch a little more frequently than normal. But other than that, it was a pretty nonchalant visit, and it was probably pretty forgettable to the bartender until the news broke. 
But before we move on, let's just examine for a moment especially some of the now-perceived oddities. Remember, at the time, to bystanders, it probably seemed like nothing more than a couple of guys in a hurry on a road trip hitting a rest stop to get some water and maybe use the washroom or something. Nobody's going to report that to the police. But looking back, I want to focus a little more on the water. It's a minor thing, the smallest of details that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. But in my opinion, it can take away from the whole suicide angle ever so slightly. The long and short of it is, if you're going to kill yourselves, why bother getting water? It's the same thing people point out on stage suicides, which, granted, are more prevalent on TV shows like CSI and the like, that people who look to have killed themselves did the laundry or washed the dishes or had a steak marinating in the fridge. Generally, people don't off themselves on a whim, and chances are they wouldn't prep something to do later in the day if they had planned on taking their life. So, if both planned on killing themselves, why bother getting water? The pit stop just gives them more time to think about it and possibly back out of it. And really, why would you care if you're thirsty if in an hour you'll be dead? But what if both men didn't want to die that day? The bartender mentioned that Miguel, and only Miguel, appeared to be a little jittery, wanting to get out of there and waiting for Manuel to get some water. What if Manuel had no idea what was about to happen to him? And so, to keep up appearances, Miguel let him stop for some water. What if Miguel had been planning a murder-suicide? It is one of the theories, and we'll explore that more in a bit. But back to the course of events leading to their discovery. Actually, it was three days after they stopped at the bar that they were found dead on Vintum Hill in Rio de Janeiro by a man called Jorge de Costa Alves. Of course, he contacted the police who in turn started their investigation. During the investigation of the bodies, police found some items on them that they presumably had during their last moments alive, but there were a couple things more notable than the rest. They were both wearing suits, covered in waterproof coats, and they were both wearing lead-eyed masks with no holes, similar to something somebody who worked with or near radiation might wear. Also found was an empty water bottle, most likely the one from the bar, two towels, and a notebook. A notebook, you say? Well, surely that has something in it, right? Some clue or explanation as to what happened. Well, sort of. But ultimately, it just led to some more confusion, Naturally, the writings in the book were in Portuguese, but after translation it read, among other things, but this was the creepiest bit right here, 1630, be at the agreed place, 1830, swallow the capsules, after effect, protect metals, wait for mask signal. Right? Now it's starting to seem something out of a movie, or even shades of the pizza bomber. Remember that case from 2003 where a guy with a bomb strapped around his neck walked into a bank, demanded some money, then when surrounded by cops, the caller blew up, taking Brian Wells' life? Something rings a little familiar here. Now, I'm not saying the two were connected, and surely neither of these cases were the first to have somebody follow a note or notes to their death, but it is interesting nonetheless. As I said, the notebook didn't have any answers, and only garnered more confusion around the already perplexing case that was unfolding. Who wrote the notes? Who gave the instruction? What was the ultimate goal, if not just to kill these two men? I should also note that their car, nor was any money found on them. 
Was it just an elaborate way to rob a couple of people, or is there something a little more sinister afoot? Let's break down the evidence a little bit more. They were found wearing suits, which suggests a professional meeting of some kind. And considering they were repairmen, it's hard to imagine that it was their everyday workwear. Though I couldn't find anything to confirm or deny that. Maybe they were just uber professional and wore suits to their job sites and changed upon arrival. I really don't know. Another option is that they were dressed post-mortem by somebody else. Or they dressed that way to kill themselves. I don't think that's out of the question, but maybe they just wanted to look professional or respectful when they were found. Either way, it's a peculiar choice of clothing given the circumstances. The towels, which are another odd item given the circumstances surrounding the death. Again, if they went to go kill themselves, why bother worrying about being wet or damp? It's not like it would matter in the end. It makes it seem as though the towels were intended for something else. Perhaps, if this was a murder from a third party, that whoever did it had a smidge of remorse and gave them towels. I don't know. I'm reaching on that one a little bit. Same goes for the waterproof coats. Other than creating a scene for some kind of message, even dramatic effect, it seems just out of place, not quite right. And not something anybody has ever found an answer to. The water bottle, though, begins to make a little more sense in connection with the note. And the sporadic behavior of Miguel at the bar adds a little more something now. The note suggested a meeting place and time, and Miguel was anxious about being late. Second, the note says take capsules, which means they needed something to down it with. It's pretty straightforward. But what of the masks? It's easily the eeriest part of this whole thing. Lead-lined masks? Any kind of mask is upsetting at the best of time, and being one that is so out of place is just totally off-putting. The easiest explanation, and the one that, with adding everything else together, makes the most sense, is that their final resting place wasn't where they were meant to meet the author of the note. Assuming the author of the note wasn't one of them. Okay, now I'm going to go into real theory mode here, which I know is terrible, but this is a podcast, so give me a break. Given all the information available and the evidence presented at the scene, it does suggest that the meetup Miguel and Manuel were meant to go to was either a hoax or a way to isolate them, to kill them or rob them, or both. Or that they were intercepted along the way, robbed, killed, and staged. Just looking at what they had with them suggests that they were going somewhere they thought or were told some kind of radioactive presence would be active. That line masks, waterproof coats, water bottles, and capsules all kind of adds up to me. The suits suggest a business deal of some sort, and the person who wrote the note suggested they take these capsules as a precaution, in my mind, not as a threat. Some of the articles I read while researching this assumes that the pills were damning or that they killed the men. It was poison. Either that or they had no logical explanation for what they were. But I kind of do. Potassium iodine. You know the pills used to help negate the absorption of radiation into the body? They administered them in 82 to the people involved with Chernobyl, and the knowledge of their properties were known as far back as 1954. So in 1966, it is entirely possible that whoever they were meeting provided them with these pills not to kill them, but to help protect them. So then what happened? Well, a couple of things could have been going on for the meeting. 
Maybe Miguel and Manuel were off to do some shady stuff, meeting somebody about some kind of radioactive material for, well, something. I can't be sure what, but it most likely wouldn't have been good if it was illegal. It could range from poisoning somebody to building a bomb. They were repairmen, after all, so you'd have to assume that some kind of technical knowledge was had. But there's also the flip side to that coin. They were repairmen. Maybe they were meeting a completely legitimate person to gather supplies for repairing or building an x-ray machine. Or some other medical equipment. Again, it's a theory. I don't know the extent of their job or expertise when it came to that kind of stuff, but it does make a little bit of sense in my brain. It would explain the lead-lined masks and waterproof coats, though they may have just been expecting rain that day. The towels could have been because of where they were meant to meet the writer of the note. Again, assuming that writer of the note wasn't one of them. They must have expected to be wet by the end of it, perhaps through some sort of decontamination process or overall dampness from an old abandoned warehouse. It really depends on the circumstances of the meeting. But how did they end up dead? Well, as I mentioned prior, the three most logical options are suicide, murder, or murder-suicide. It's entirely possible that the person they were meant to meet killed them after the deal went south, if it were an illegal operation. Or they were hijacked along the way and ultimately killed. Or, of course, the other two are pretty self-explanatory. Suicide and murder-suicide. They went out there to kill themselves, or they went out there so one of them could kill the other and then ultimately kill himself. The oddest thing about this whole case, though, is that there was never a cause of death determined. The organs weren't preserved, so poison and other internal causes couldn't be determined. I'm assuming the autopsy didn't show any signs of physical trauma, at least obvious signs like a gunshot or a stab wound, which places this case in a sort of pickle. But the fact that nothing obvious on the outside of their bodies showed clear cause of death, it must have been internal. It must have been those capsules. But why? Now it's time for the podcast to live up to its true purpose, looking at strange and otherworldly happenings. The most common theory for the death of these two men is UFOs, aliens, or extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them. Some believe that whatever it was they took was to help them reach a plane in which they could communicate with these visitors from another world. They wore suits to make a nice first impression, the towels and raincoats for the dampness of the grass they were laying upon, and the lead-lined masks to protect their eyes from UFO lights, or even radiation it might give off. The theory suggests that they died by accident, taking whatever was in those pills. I mean, maybe. Honestly, it's as good a theory as any other. It could very well have been an accidental suicide by a couple of delusional men, or even gullible men. The note or instructions could have been given to them by somebody claiming to have experienced what they were hoping for and then ultimately falling for it before dying. It's not out of the realm of possibilities here. And honestly, I'm about as convinced of this as I am of my own theories. The demon angle is pretty similar. They went to summon some kind of demon or spirit, took some kind of drug to help with the process, probably a psychedelic or a hallucinogen, and then overdosed on it. The cult scenario works pretty similar as well, though in that case they meant to kill themselves. Kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid without the pomp and circumstance of actually disguising the poison. 
In the end, we may never know what happened to Miguel and Manuel. There are so many of these cases out there, like the Tamam Shrud, or the Somerton Man case of Australia, where a body was found on a beach, dead under incredibly suspicious and very weird circumstances. Now, I might cover that one one day, but it has been done to death. Nevertheless, the lead masks case is certainly an interesting one, with ties to UFOs, aliens, demons, who knows what else. Maybe these men were true believers of ETs and desperately wanted to meet them. They were repairmen and had technical know-how, and were reported to test experimental fireworks, and that there were UFO sightings around the time of their death. There was also one report I read that mentioned a very similar death and circumstance surrounding a man who did almost the exact same thing in a very similar location, close to where these two men were found about four years prior. Now, there wasn't much detail regarding that other case, but I did see a small blurb in a news article that covered this case mentioning that one. Maybe there's a connection. Whether or not it has anything to do with anything is completely up in the air. Regardless, that has been the Lead Masks case. My name is Casey, and this is the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, absolutely feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Five-star reviews will get read out on the show, so if you want a shout-out and your review to be read, all you have to do is leave a nice five-star review for me. If you do want to catch up on social media, you can find me on Twitter at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, Facebook at Facebook.com slash HorrorShots, or Instagram at HorrorShotsPhotography. If you do want to support the show in other financial ways, you can do so as well by hitting up my Patreon, where I will be updating that hopefully more frequently. I know I say that almost every week and never actually get around to it, but I really want to continue doing the History of Demons series as I started it last week again on the main channel, and I would like to keep that going on the Patreon as well. So if you are interested in that, all you have to do is drop like I think a buck a month and you can get access to it. Other than that, if you do want to support the show, both physically and financially, you can do so and pick up some merch on my Redbubble page. That link will be in the description as well. So you can rep some Ominous Origins merch or Horror Shots merch or some original content that I have created over the years. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. So until next week, stay safe and wash your hands.